aware are your kids of the need to create a just and equitable society? Perhaps you're that parent who, from time to time, has these social justice conversations with your children. What do you say to them about the poverty, the unemployment, the general inequality in this country? Do they know what their rights are, for example, but also what role they ought to play in in ensuring the rights of others? Now, I know these are not easy conversations to have. I've been in that position where I've had to have them them with my daughter as well. But an interesting study uh, that was carried out by researchers in KwaZulu-Natal has revealed a few gaps in children's knowledge around these issues. And one of the researchers, Kira Irwin, who's written about this in the conversation, joins me to discuss this. She is a senior researcher at the Durban University of Technology. Kira, good afternoon. Thank you so much for making the time to speak to me today. Just start by explaining what you were trying to unearth with this research. Yes, sure. Hi, Joanne. Thanks for having me on. Um, It was myself and a colleague, Catherine Pillay, and we were interested to see how young people, particularly at what's sort of loosely known as ex-model C schools and at private schools in our area in Durban, um, how these young people were imagining a more just and equitable future, and in that, how they were imagining ideas of race and racism or non-racialism, which is in our constitution. And we chose um, to look specifically at these types of schools because schools like these still hold a lot of symbolic status in our country. They in many ways shape what is considered good schooling. And frequently it is young people from these schools that end up in being in fairly powerful positions in our society and making decisions which impact on people's lives. Right. So, so you've, you've given me a broad outline there, but just tell me a little bit more about your sample uh, in terms of how many kids were involved, uh, what their age groups were, gender and so forth. Yeah, sure. So it's roughly about 120 young people between the ages of 16 and 17. So they were grade 11 students. Right. Um, we had some schools that had both young boys and girls in it. Uh, one school that is boys only and one school that is girls only. So tell me, how do the children understand meritocracy, right? The idea that people should be rewarded based on merit. Is this an idea they buy into? Yes, I think broadly it is an idea they buy into. And um, that's quite understandable in many ways because the school system is set up to reward individuals on individual efforts. So I think one of the things that we found fascinating is that whilst young people in general, and this is very hopeful, I must say, that the majority of young people in these schools do desire a more equal South Africa and a more just South Africa. They, they are well aware how unequal our society is, and they don't like it. They want that to change. Um, but for them personally, when it comes to their own efforts, they've been told that the more effort they put in, they should deserve certain rewards. And of course, in some ways, we can all understand that. But unfortunately, what it starts to do, it starts to blur an understanding of structural inequality. In other words, how our existing privileges that we hold or access to resources does shape our own individual success. 
So, so that's such an interesting point, and it's such a beautifully nuanced point that you made in the in the article. So, so you've got these children who understand inequality is wrong, right? They would they would like it mm. to change. They would like to see it change. But, but is there any understanding, particularly if they are from the groups that have enjoyed more privilege in the last few decades or, or centuries, that they might have yeah. to give up some of their own privilege in order for that inequality to to become a, a historical fact and not part of the country's future? Absolutely. And right there is what we were trying to write as as an important dilemma to actually tackle for educators. What does it mean if young people desire equality and justice but aren't necessarily willing to give up individual privileges that are, in fact, linked to uh, racial identities and holding forms of both class and race um, privilege? And I think that there's so many exciting opportunities for schools to start to think about how we teach young people to imagine collective senses of belonging, what it means to actually live in more equal ways, um, and how some of the things that we just take for granted are not unrelated to inequality. In fact, they're directly connected to it. So while the young people might not enjoy seeing people who are living in poverty, they battle to see how their lifestyles are connected in a sort of systemic way to creating poverty. And I think that's the kind of learning that young people actually would welcome, to be honest. It it would assist them in understanding their world and how to become more active in the change that they desire. Yes, yes. I mean, the kids seem to make some really interesting comments about uh, race and non-racialism. Very little about non-racialism actually seems mm. to be taught to them. But but I'm interested in their comments about how pupils from different backgrounds at schools still struggle to mix socially. Yes. Um, that also is quite dependent on the school, which is interesting. Um, I think that in the schools where you have both young boys and young girls, that tended to be less the case. But um, there were certainly comments in a number of classes where they said, yes, during the group break time, uh, people, not all students, but a lot of students would tend to sit within what they were describing as race or cultural groups. Right, right. And and were you able to, to glean what their thoughts are on class or classism? Because there seems to be an issue that's almost begun to supersede race in particular contexts, Kira. Yeah. Yes. So, I mean, uh, I would encourage people interesting to, to read the, the research um, in full because some of these young people are just incredibly articulate and and really can see quite clearly how intersections between race and class are working in society. There was some recognition of um, how class is reproducing both inequalities in terms of race, but also in terms of income and wealth. And those voices tended to be slightly uh, less common, but they were there in all the schools. I'd say for the most part where we had an issue with meritocracy is that one thing it does is it really does kind of blind you to class privilege. So in those cases, people have ideas that if you aren't able to find a job or earn money, that it was something to do with that individual rather than the way that society has sort of created restraints around, um, let's say, work or good education in order to be able to find work. 
Kira, very interesting talking to you. Thank you so much for sharing the uh, outcomes of your research with us. Kira Irwin is a senior researcher at the Durban University of Technology.